This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water or maybe you don't know anything about it and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. Coming up in this episode, well, it's September, so it's bear season, and we'll have a look at how the merge is progressing. We'll also look at Ticketmaster and how they've finally unveiled their NFT rollouts. My name is Tracy, and I'm joined by my colleagues from the Bamboo app, who also happen to be two of Australia's most well-known crypto personalities, Blake and Craig. Sorry, I couldn't say that without laughing. Hey, guys. How you going? (laughs) Good, Trace. The dream team is back. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> it is. We're, the three of us are back together. So in true September form, it's it seems to be that all the bearish memes have started to double up in strength. I personally can't look at Twitter or my Discord feed without seeing some badly photoshopped bear wrestling some kind of bleeding bull or something happening because as you know, as we know, September's pretty much they call September, um, because it's the bearish, it seems to be always pretty bearish. Craig, can you tell our listeners why? Well, historically, it's been one of the worst months in crypto, but it doesn't really feel like that this year because this year we've had like how many bad months in a row? Six. <laughs> so it's like, oh. It's all relative, right, Craig? Yeah, I guess. But um, Bitcoin hasn't had a green September since 2016. ETH has been down four out of six years. And Bitcoin's been down six of the last nine years. On average, Bitcoin dumps about 7%. I think there's a few reasons why, but Blake, what's going on? I don't really have all the answers, but uh, certainly a couple of theories are that, you know, some investors start cashing out in September to mark their positions for their tax gains or losses for the year. And, you know, another reason is that the S&P also generally tanks in September. Um, since 1928, stocks uh, have been down 1.1 on average for the month. 1.1%? Yeah, on average for the yeah. month. So, And crypto prices are becoming more and more correlated with traditional markets like the S&P 500. So it's no surprise that if we, you know, see that in equities, you know, we're probably going to see it in crypto as well now, which is, you know, I'm not sure if it's a feature or a bug. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I guess, you know, we'll see whether, you know, 2022 will be the same. We don't know what's going to happen, but we've got a few dates to look out for. On September the 13th, the CPI data is released and this shows us just how much the cost of living in the US is. Uh, Also around September 13th to the 15th, we've got the Ethereum merge. So we'll see what will happen there. And the 21st of September, the Fed announces the interest rate hikes. We know that it's definitely going to be a hike. We know it's probably going to be a big one. So my personal take on this is the Fed's already warned us that there's more pain to come uh, with those hikes. So I guess that we're probably going to be in for another bloody September. What do you think, Craig? I tend to agree with you, actually. But also, I am really interested, September 13th to 15th, the Ethereum merge. One of the most anticipated events in crypto history is now just over a week away. Virtual currencies like Bitcoin and Ether are built on widely agreed consensus rules used to evaluate whether transactions on their respective blockchains are valid. The Ether merge will see the second largest blockchain network by market capitalization, Ether, change its block consensus mechanism, going from the energy-intensive proof-of-work to the more efficient proof-of-stake model. We had a chat about this the other day, Tracy. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see if it's a um, buy the rumour, sell the news event, which is what we see so commonly in crypto, where what that pretty much means is before a big release happens, the crypto market will generally rally before. And then once Mm -hmm. the um, price is in, once it's in, once it's updates complete, people sell the news so and it tends to come down a bit what do you think here though Blake because th- when when this happens though people are able to stake which is a quite a nifty new feature that everyone's excited about so what do you think Blake yeah I know there's a, a lot of money looking to come into the market after the merge there's a lot of risk uh, well there's not a lot of risk but there's <laughs> some risk being in the market <laughs> uh, before <laughs> during the merge because you know, it could fork into two different blockchains, mm. um, a proof of work chain and a proof of stake chain. So I suspect that people are waiting for this to happen. They're going to buy in afterwards um, just from a risk mitigation strategy mm-hmm. and then stake their Ethereum. So it's really hard to know what's going to happen. But what we're seeing in derivatives markets is that people are betting on the market going down after the merge. So that is quite interesting. Oh my, I've just you, – you, you make a really good point there, especially the um – the bigger guys, the funds that are waiting for this to happen to see if it happens successfully before they enter the market with this. I'm so on the fence with this. <laughs> Honestly, I've never been so on the fence about whether it is a, you know, like you said, Craig, a buy the rumour, sell the news. So we'll see. But look, we might find out that September is going to be another tough month for uh crypto, but that's okay if you're taking part in the DCA or dollar cost average strategy because you'd be looking back and feeling pretty happy with how, how things are going right now. But to be honest, you know, there's a lot of other things that, you know, happen in September that are pretty cool. You know, it's the start of spring here for the Southern Hemisphere. Also, AFL and NRL finals are on also in Australia if you're into that kind of thing, which I am. Go Fremantle. What about I you, I guess Craig? it's one of those months where don't worry about the market. Let's watch some Let's watch some <laughs> finals footy. Dockers and Eels are my choice for the two codes. Oh, look, by the time this is going live next week, Dockers might be, might be knocked out. out. Anyway, oh, well. we'll see how we go. These dogs are delivering a deep purple hush. 
This record crowd silenced. On with some more merge news, actually. The Ethereum merge is getting closer and the date's actually been brought forward a few days to around 13th of September. So this is one day after our episode would drop next week. And the Bellatrix upgrade actually went live yesterday at time of recording. What is that, Tracy? This is the last of the three major tests that were happening to the network before it went from proof of work to proof of stake. So it, it went pretty smoothly, except there was one small hiccup where apparently a missed block rate happened. Don't ask me what that means because I couldn't tell you, but apparently it was some kind of failed transaction. But apparently we shouldn't be worried, should we, Craig? You know a bit more about this? Yeah, Tracy, we shouldn't be worried. Um, I know Vitalik was going on about this, but in fact, only 77% of all nodes are actually merge ready. So not all of the nodes are ready to go with this new upgrade. But this will hopefully be sorted by the time merge comes around and not to worry unless you're running Ethereum nodes. Blake, what what are your thoughts? Hmm. You, you know about this better than I do. Yeah, and even if not all the nodes aren't ready, it's still going to progress with the transition. You know, the people that haven't upgraded the software to run a node just simply won't be a participating node in the network. Um, so, yeah. Do I need to do anything? I mean, I have Ethereum on an exchange on MetaMask layer two. Do I need to do anything for this or do I just chill? Yeah, there's there's two different ways you can go about it, Craig. Firstly, if your crypto is on an exchange or a platform, generally they'll have a policy in place about how they're going to be treating the merge. Some are pausing trading, some are pausing withdrawals for the period of time. I saw F- FTX are doing that, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then if you have your crypto on a hot wallet or a cold wallet or a warm wallet, then you don't need to do anything. Um, However, what may happen then is that you have a second version of Ethereum pop up in your wallet, right? And it may be worth saying or it may not be worth saying, but I think everyone will be watching um, if that actually happens or not. I think the moral is there, though. There is nothing for you to do. Watch out for scams because there are a few things going around of people telling you you need to deposit and do mm, things. So I've seen them pop up lately. You do not need to do anything, as the boys have just said. But um, look, looking forward to recording next week's episode, guys, because the merge would have taken place then and we'll have loads to discuss. So, you know, um, send us your questions as it's unfolded and um, we'll have a fair bit to unpack in this next week's episode. Moving on to our next story, Russia is looking to legalise the use of crypto for international trade. The Bank of Russia and the Ministry of Finance have reportedly agreed to move towards approving the use of crypto for these payments. There's no secret that Russia has been seeking alternative to the US dollar to guarantee efficient trades of its commodities due to recent Western sanctions. But boys, this is a bit of a backflip because last year President Vladimir Putin dismissed this possibility of using Bitcoin in things such as oil trade. So, He's stuck between a rock and a hard place here, I think, because he doesn't want to use the US uh, dollar, but he also doesn't really want to use crypto. But I think that he's picked crypto here because he's got a better chance of controlling it. That's my take. What do you think, Blake? Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to use Bitcoin or USDC for Russia. However, maybe an algorithmic stable coin would be appropriate, like a DAI, which is done by Maker, Mm. which is one of the biggest algorithmic stable coins. Or, you know, maybe they might be able to make a digital version of the ruble. Um, I'm not too sure what their plan is, but... Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be efficient uh, using using crypto, but but who knows? Well, it seems like they've been blocked from SWIFT and all of the payment networks, so they have to 
make payments somehow. So I'm interested to know, Blake, you said it wouldn't make sense for them to use Bitcoin, even though it's not great. Isn't that like the use case for Bitcoin is, you know, skirting around these sanctions? Yeah. So it's it's permissionless technology. You know, you don't need to ask anyone to make a transaction. You can just make a transaction across the network. And yeah, I think initially Bitcoin was designed to be a peer-to-peer digital cash, but... But he'll want control, won't he? He'll want control of it. But if he, he doesn't want the rest of the the people in his country using it, because he like, I think he'll do what Blake said. He'll He'll have he'll have his own currency that he then can use. But this isn't the first country to use crypto. North Korea they're renowned for using crypto because they're sanctioned to the teeth as well. So mm. permissionless technology, you know, it's great and all, but also isn't great. I think there's more to see here. We'll have to have to follow this story. Yeah, definitely, because the person on the other end has to be using the same. Yeah, like you said, early days on this story, and you know, the Russian authorities are still deciding on how best to actually regulate crypto markets there in Russia. Uh, and they may backflip again because they're not exactly stable over there. I guess it's like sort of crazy just to paint the picture. Like three years ago, it was just us buying crypto. Now there's governments looking at using it. Like it's crazy how far it's gone. Look, again, it's an interesting story um, and we'll see how that one progresses. Let's keep an eye on it. And with that, let's go to a break. And when we come back, we'll tell you how one exchange is leaving behind the KYC process for something called a liveness check. Yes, it's as weird as it sounds, so stick around. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast with Tracy, Blake and Craig from the Bamboo app. If you're loving the podcast, then why don't you send it to a friend? On to our next subject. It's been officially released. Ticketmaster will now be offering NFTs tied to tickets. Ticketmaster has announced that it will be using Dapper Labs Flow blockchain for minting tickets as NFTs. So over the past six months, Dapper and Ticketmaster have been quietly operating a pilot program where the ticketing company issues ticket NFTs as memorabilia to attendees of certain events like the Super Bowl. Over the last six months, they have minted $5 million NFTs for people to hold as memorabilia. This is one of our favorite use cases for NFTs. We spoke about it. We're just laughing about our previous episodes, but the NFT episode, we do talk about tickets because it is a good use case. So Ticketmaster has now built a wallet and a marketplace where event organizers can drop NFTs, which are tickets, also collectibles. Say if you did an iconic, you got the last ever Diplo set, you know, that's a collectible. And the NFTs are going to be on the Flow blockchain where users can view and trade their NFTs. Blake, not a fan of Diplo. Blake's just giving the thumbs down to Diplo, but yeah. Um, But anyway, this is cool because what this means is that Ticketmaster and the event organizers aren't going to get stung with resellers. So if the Muse concert sells out in five minutes, you know, Tracy, you don't have to pay 10x for a ticket. I would have got a ticket anyway. (laughs) You can now get on Ticketmaster and they can earn a royalty for secondary sales. So it is the best use case, I think, for NFTs. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. We talked about a few issues though. You know, at the moment, these NFTs are mainly collectibles. 
So you still need to actually go get a ticket, which in my opinion is defeating the whole purpose of this. And, you know, it's not actually stopping the scalpers that we mentioned. So there's still a long way to go on this, isn't there? Well, it'd be interesting to see how they um, administer it. Like, will they just give you a certain QR code on your phone? Yeah, I think I think there's a piece of infrastructure here that's missing is that mm. a really easy to use wallet that's designed for not necessarily financial transactions or storing NFTs, but one that's easy to use for you know, other purposes like tickets. How does Dapper not have that? I would have thought Dapper or someone, you know, big would have brought something like that out. We'll have to send something into their suggestion box, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what's missing for sure because you want to be able to cross-use them with everything that you buy. I think, you know, a lot of people, including myself, think that the NFT ticketing could be the next big use case for the blockchain. And I think we're going to find out pretty soon and see how this plays out. But it's not going to work if everybody has to download the Ticketmaster app to get their ticket or they have to download, you know, the Eventbrite app to, mm. to get their ticket. It needs to be, you know, interoperable, you know. All right, something else for us to develop. Apple Wallet should just take it. Apple Wallet, they, they're the goats at this stuff. Yeah, potentially, and that might end up being what it is, something like that that you could pop it into. Like an Apple Wallet linked to your Ethereum address. Mm. Imagine that. That'd be cool. But that's but that's how it works now. So if I get, like, so last weekend for the Dockers um, home game, the ticket came to my phone and I clicked on it and it went straight into my Apple Wallet. So then as I go to the gate at the game, it clicks on there and that's where it is. So... It could be something as simple as that. On to our next story. DYDX, a popular decentralised exchange, launched a promotion that wasn't really well received this week. The promotion asked users to dox themselves. So we'll explain what the word doxing means, which I guess it's basically explaining or putting out to the public who you are. So in the crypto space, a lot of people like to remain um, anonymous and, and hide behind silly names and pictures and if you're docs that means that you're you're out in the public now people know who you are you know you're you're no longer anonymous so in this promotion it was $25 for a $500 first time deposit so there was a catch you needed to do a liveness check and what this means was you needed to show your face on camera and do a biometric face scan so i'm not kidding here this to me seemed, seemed ridiculous. This is something that's normally reserved for the likes of, you know, a uh, dictatorial kind of regime. I, You know, what are you thinking here, boys? I just want to paint the picture for DYDX and, and why someone would use it. So right now, if you want to trade with leverage, you in Australia, you have to be a sophisticated investor. You have to have a million dollars in assets, etc., etc. Now, this is across the world, US here and other countries. So what this has birthed decentralized exchanges where all you have to do is connect your wallet and you can trade with leverage. Not saying you should trade with leverage, but this is why it's about because people don't want to KYC. People just want to jump in with their wallet and do it. Now, DYDX has completely like gone against what their target market wants, which is fully anonymous. Anonymity. Anonymity, right? And I will say there is other decentralized exchanges, GMX and Apex are the other two, which didn't require this. But I believe DYDX is, is American and might be under some regulatory pressure, which led to the liveness check. But I mean, face ID, banking app ID, you do all that anyway. 
But what do you think, Blake? Was this something you would do? Like, give me your thoughts. Mm. Yeah, uh, without knowing too much about how decentralized DYDX is, uh, it looks like they've just tried to make the KYC process, which is stands for know your customer, which generally means that they need to verify your identity or, or who you are in some way. They've tried to streamline that without instead of submitting your license or other documentation, they've just gone with the face scan. But of course, if you're... Your customer base um, values you know being anonymous. Then this is really at odds with your community and your user base. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's probably a, probably a bad move. Yeah, well, it definitely didn't do many favors in the in the PR world anyway. Good for their competitors though. Yeah, good for their competitors. I'm just thinking of how I round up this story, and in my head, I've got that DMX song. X gonna give it to you. Again, like I said, probably not the best PR for DYDX, and we might see more of this as well. This liveness checks. I know they weren't the first one. There was a cu- one a couple of months ago, um, but it didn't get the exact amount of press that this did. So. We'll see how that one goes. And on now to our short, sharp news bites for the week. Blake, you're up first. Yeah, well, it looks like Helium, which is a a popular crypto project that's scaled quite a lot over the last couple of years. It provides a service of wireless decentralized networks for, uh, is it internet, Tracy? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And Helium's now, um, you're moving from their blockchain, which doesn't seem to be working, to potentially another blockchain that may or may not work, which is Solana. So, <laughs> I, I love Solana. <laughs> we just have these jabs just for Craig. We love Solana. We love Solana. Go Solana. Really, but, uh, but Helium, again, they've grown super quick over the last 18. It, I just find this incredible that they're going to move from their own blockchain across to Solana because they've grown so quick. We're not bearish on Solana. Uh, Craig, what's your news? I'll go on for you, Trace. I know you're a bit of a reader. Mr. ETH himself, Vitalik, is writing a book called Proof of Stake. He's going to compile all of his writings over the last 10 years and he will share all his proceeds to Gitcoin's grants, which will help fund more Ethereum projects. I hope it's got some pictures because there's been some great Ethereum and Vitalik pictures in the last couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's not going to be easy reading this. I I could imagine it's going to be challenging to work through because some of his papers are quite technical and long and um, are quite dense. So you definitely, if you're a cryptographer or a computer science interested in your decentralized <laughs> blockchains, okay. then... Um- Guess what you guys are getting for Christmas? <laughs> 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 All right, on to some more news. Facebook is piloting a meta-university in 10 colleges in the US. So Zucks is investing $150 million to help bring college classes into the metaverse. I don't mind this one and I've seen his mock-ups uh, that he did a few months ago, which was of a med student uni- or medical school, which were really cool. Um, these looked really sophisticated. The graphics were amazing, which is why when I saw him talking to DeGrasse Tyson with his no legs looking like he was in a Wii game, I was quite surprised. So I'm interested to see how uh, this one goes. Did you watch Zucks on Joe Rogan, Trace? He goes through his plan. It was pretty interesting. No. Uh, I I respect Joe Rogan about as much as I respect Zuck, so I'll give that one a wide berth, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, Blake, what's next? Yeah, so Coinbase users in Georgia. Is that the country Georgia or the state Georgia? It was the country. Users of Coinbase there found a bug where they could withdraw 100x the intended, market, the intended market rate. Now they're locked out of their accounts on Coinbase and uh, Coinbase want their cash back. So do you reckon they, they reckon they're going to get it? <laughs> um, can you imagine that? They never get. They're never seeing that money. The local currency, the the lari, was priced at two hundred ninety dollars <sighs> rather than two dollars ninety, which means that they were withdrew a hundred dollars, they got ten grand, and the issue was exploited by about a thousand of their Georgian customers. Wow, interesting. What's next? Yeah, FIFA. They're going to try and profit from NFTs, and as if you wouldn't. For the World Cup later this year, a bit like NBA Top Shops for the World Cup. Now, this is cool. I'm a soccer fan and there's no doubt going to be some iconic goals that you can buy as NFTs, um, which I'm pretty excited about. Oh, cool. Join in the party, FIFA. And uh, LG Electronics are launching an NFT platform. Seems like everyone's doing it. Um, LG Art Lab. Users can buy and sell and trade NFTs on their LG smart TVs. So, yeah, okay. It just feels like everyone's just getting involved here. And I was like, what about my LG fridge? You know, if I can't buy an NFT with my LG fridge, then... Not interested. It's getting a bit ridiculous now, isn't it? It is. Hey, we're just reporting the news. What's up, Blake? Finally, Kevin Rose, who's a famous character in the ecosystem, particularly uh, around the NFT space, has raised $50 million in Series A funding from A16Z, which is a famous crypto venture capitalist firm in Silicon Valley. And, you know, I assume that the project would have been (laughs) pre-revenue, just an idea, (laughs) <laughs> and this guy's been able to raise $50 million off the back of it. So, yeah, it's, you know, everything that Kevin Rose does, he hits out of the park. You know, definitely be watching this space. And, guys, don't forget, next weekend we've got the crypto conference in the Goldie, in the Gold Coast. We've got a store, so don't forget to come by, say hello. Tracy and I are talking on the Sunday at lunchtime. You won't want to miss that. We've already given out our winners. So the three double pass winners, we're so keen to see you guys, meet you guys. And join the Facebook group. It is firing at the moment. That's it. Until then, we still want to know what you want to know about crypto. So please keep emailing us on that email, podcast at getbamboo.io. All those details are in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate and review us in your podcast app. Thanks again for listening and join us all next episode. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the EquityMates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. 
In a spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.